I've spent the last three years learning from some of the most ingenious fund managers around. And now I've decided to take the plunge and start my own fund. The real question is, how will I do it? With no investors and without an Ivy League degree, this podcast is going to give you the answer. Join me and follow along as I share mine and other stories as we start and build multi-million dollar investment funds. I'm Bridger Pennington, and this is Investment Fund Secrets. All right, people, welcome back to the show. Today with us, we got Mr. Devin Johnson. Devin, welcome to the show, bro. Boom, Good baby. to have you. So Devin runs Connected.io and actually a bunch of other companies as well, but that's your main company. 17,000 businesses use you guys to connect with, well, I'll, I'll let you tell the story, but connect with businesses and other things um, through anyways, messaging and all sorts of platform of essentially marketing to help your company scale. We're actually now getting onboarded as a new client with you guys, oh, which is pretty that. cool. After Let's our lab, things. there you go. Hey, come on. So we're going to use it a lot. So welcome on. Good to have you. Yeah, likewise, man. Thanks for having me. So out you're here. on your world travels. Where are you going? What's going on? Yeah, so I was in Key West. That was a tough place to be. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, it got sunburned and all the fun jazz. And yeah. then I was in Sarasota. With Sar- Saratoga? Sarasota. Sarasota. Yeah, Florida. That's Saratoga's little, then, little stepbrother. And then my favorite yeah. meeting I've been to so far is over in Viero Beach. Okay. I'm in uh, Dan Martell's boardroom. Okay. That's cool. a fun group. You like that? Yep. Oh, yeah. About went to jail on uh, Huracan Evo. So, oh, yeah. how fast are you going? 120. I went up. You got, the, you got clocked at 120? Oh, yeah. It's on my Instagram. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I went up the turn lane to pass everyone because it was just moving too slow for well, yeah me. and you have a hurricane so that's that's right that's so what you, you do gotta be yeah. that guy yeah, yeah. and i switched over and it was a cop the car i switched over oh, in front of shoot i had to sell my way out i'm not going to jail so what so how you're 120 what's the is it like 35 over it's reckless driving or what oh it's uh it was a 45 i was doing 120 it was oh, wow. it was like you could have went to jail for it so for that, sure. and they'll impound your car and everything so yeah. what, what happened I was like, dude, this is a rental. If I need to go to jail, let me know. I need to call and arrange things. That's I'm, you tell the guy? Yeah. So he yeah. pulls up the window. <laughs> so it was a convertible. So you already are like, okay, just take me, but don't. Like, Here's let me the just key. Get... Like, all right, listen, if you do a background <laughs> check on me, you'll see I have a speeding problem, okay? So I've been through this a few times, yeah. you know? So uh, I went ahead and hit him with everything he could have hit me with. He was like, mm. okay, you've been through this before. Yeah. It's not that extreme, but what the hell were you doing? <laughs> I was like, look, man, I was having fun. <laughs> oh, gosh. Have you gone to jail before for driving? I've lost my license. Have you really? I have, yeah. What's that process like? <clears throat> uh, so you, mine was 90 days suspension. Okay. So I still drove, though. I just was careful. Yeah. And then. But you didn't have a license. I didn't have a license. So you, but you still drove. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 You got to get shit done. Now <laughs> you got to get, yeah. Hey, that's just adversity, that's baby. Just, that's a speed that's a little, bump. That's a little speed bump on the road. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, it was 90 days, and then I paid like, I think it was like 1100 bucks for a reinstatement. Mm, yeah. And then my insurance went up. I've always been scared of this. What? When do they take you to jail? Like, what is the moment that's like, and how long do they take you to Like a night in jail or what? Uh, they so impound your car. Like, it, how does that work? Yeah. So most cases, they'll just impound you and have someone get picked up. Mm-hmm. But if you do triple the speed limit, so whatever that is, which is what you were doing, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could go to jail, yeah, or a school zone or construction zone, you yeah. will go to jail, yeah, in yeah. a dangerous spot, yeah, interesting. Well, okay, sorry, we're back on your travel, you're traveling the world, you're almost in jail, yeah. So, Vero Beach, yep. uh, Vero Beach to here, so I'm in the beautiful state of Utah, yeah, we're here in Utah, doing some enterprise partnerships, I have a lot of relationships, and then. 
Um, we're gonna do AlphaCon together. I'm gonna watch mm-hmm. watch you kill the stage, right? Be fun, yeah. And then uh, fly to Vegas, and then Vegas to. So what spurred on this world tour? Like, what's is your company? Yeah, is your company pretty automated? Do they need you or no? Yeah, so I got five people that bug me every day, mm-hmm. and then rest of it runs itself. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I hope they watch this. Yeah, oh yeah. No, David calls me every day. Now, so I got five direct reports to run the entire business, yep. um, and then I've got a book coming out. So. Yeah. It's called Talk about your book. Yeah. So it's how to make your network. So yep. net dash work. And it's Tell us the alternative title though, that I was going to make you do. I forget it. What'd the, you say? Um, it was, it four, was fun. four ways to detect. Oh yeah. Five, five, five signs to detect bullshit. Oh yeah. As soon as you go. meet someone. See, that's a way better title. <laughs> that's a way better title. Come on. Yeah, no, it's, it's so good. The, so you're coming out. Is it already written or what? What's yeah. So on? 16 chapters was, Voice recorded through Otter AI and it's yeah. in editing right now. Uh, we're looking like late March, be able to have a, a, a readable, uh, workable copy. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say probably mid April. So what spurs on like why a book? Is it for like? And I I've thought about doing yeah. a book and I've heard from people, it's terribly hard and terribly frustrating to write a book. It takes a lot of time, a took lot me, of edits. So what what are your thoughts on the process? So I I'm so passionate about the topic. So the mm. 16 chapters came very easily and I've lived it all. Mm-hmm. So I've, literally every scenario or uh, tip that I give in the book, like I lived it or have implemented it into mm-hmm. my own life. Yeah. So that came actually very easy. The topics of the chapters, the philosophies, the whole nine yards. Uh, but why I, I want to really focus on the personal brand as I'm going through this mm-hmm. uh, journey of, of growing a massive tech company. And a book is like the one last thing on my resume that I need to mm-hmm. walk onto any stage or, or be, be solidified of that. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to get verified on Instagram too. So me too. Dude, you gotta so write it. You, you gotta they write a book. Like, <laughs> they want a book or they want like, what is it? 17 articles written about. I have you. that. You have yeah. that. Yeah. I have that. They, they turn you down still. I'm a Forbes writer. I'm in Forbes council. Oh really? And I'm not even cool enough to get verified. One day. You one know, day one I'll day, be back. Zuckerberg will notice us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> let's, exactly. <laughs> let's talk about your tech company for a second. So, yeah. and how old are you? I'm 20. I just turned 25. Just turned 25, which is incredible, man. Congrats. I'm appreciate it. So I'm just, I, hey, we're just I, I think you're killing the, it. I've never had somebody younger than me on this show. So <laughs> hey, wow. hey here we are. So you're 25 years old, <laughs> running a, a pretty sizable tech company. You can give yeah. some numbers if you'd like. Um, Bootstrap the entire thing. We did. Walk us through this process. Um, yeah, and, and I mean, I I've wanted to get in the tech space. It's just it's a lot of time, a lot of dev, usually a lot of capital. You guys bootstrap. Walk mm-hmm. through the process of you launching this tech company. Well, let me start to where where we're at and where we would land uh, this year. Yeah. We we are going through an acquisition. It is not public yet. It is super exciting. I can't mm-hmm. wait for that to hit. But um, we would hit about twenty five million in sales this year. Twenty five, twenty six million in sales this year, with or without this acquisition. Yeah. Um, Which for people listening that. That's like, oh, that's cool for like a sales company. It's a software company. 65% of that's recurring. We're half of Silicon Valley software companies still haven't made a dollar yet. Yeah. You guys are doing 25 <laughs> mil a year uh, bootstrapped. Yeah. And a lot of it, most of it's, you know, recurring revenue mm-hmm. with pretty low churns. You're telling me before, which is just incredible. Yeah. 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 It is. Uh, there's several knobs in the tech world that you really, really, really have to keep uh, aware of. And in turn, you know, mm-hmm. I can, I know I could check five little areas of the business and know exactly what to do to impact millions of dollars. Mm. Um, so, you know, being self-aware and, and having that, that education, you know, came from 
getting myself into the right rooms, which is what my book's about, is how to build a, a, a group of relationships that you prosper forever. Mm-hmm. And it starts with being servant, right? How can I help you? How can I give to you? How can I connect you? You know, it's just my personality. I mean, before we even mm-hmm. started, I was like, hey, man, hey, I'm going to make this introduction. It should be a, a I know, I've noticed that about you. Every time I've talked to you, you've said, hey, can I make an intro for you? Yeah. Can I do this for you? And, I'm all, I'm, and I feel like... <laughs> Well, what's he trying to get out of it? Like, is he trying to... I have he, no agenda, like, bro. I, that's what it seems like. It seems like you don't have an agenda. You just want to connect good people and bring that's them right. together, which is really cool. You know, my, you know my company's called Connected, right? Oh, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Actually, talk to, that, talk to that point for a second. I think a lot of people go to rooms myself. We go to a networking group and we paid to be in this cool mastermind. And it's hard to, number one, leverage that room. Like, you're there. Now, what do I do? Right? Yeah. How do I make these connections? How do I make valuable-based connections and translate that maybe into dollars one day? Walk me through that. I'm essentially, your book probably is going to go through that yeah. as well, but walk us through that. So if you don't know who's going to be in the room, which is most often the, the mm-hmm. case, right? You're going to walk in and you're going to notice ballers or players pretty quickly, mm-hmm. right? And if you don't, try to get someone that's working the event or working the mastermind to straight up ask them, mm-hmm. yeah. right? A closed mouth don't get fed, mm. right? I live by that. Mm, I like a that. closed yeah. mouth does not get fed. Walk up and say, hey, dude, who's the ballers? Find your top three to five ballers and have a agenda, a desired outcome before you show up to that meeting mm. or that mastermind. Yeah. You only need three to five people to really make something happen. Mm. Most people think, oh, I got to meet everyone. I got to get everyone's cell phone number. Rah, 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 rah. No, man, you're there for a reason, right? Mm. You're there to help people start funds. So find three to five, three to five biggest players, and that's your goal. That's my goal. Okay. And a lot of those masterminds tie you down to a chair to listen to people speak mm-hmm. and make it a pitch fest or, or, or whatever it is, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I take those three to five people. I go buy them a steak dinner. Mm-hmm. I go take them out, buy them coffee, and I just get to know them and see how I can help them. And service obligates. So soon as I made an intro, you're like. Well, shit, what, I, what can I do for him? Mm-hmm. It's human instinct because reciprocity. Yeah, law of reciprocity. I can't even pronounce it, but it's in my book. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and it is, it's simple. Just build three to five out of those masterminds and you'll, you'll build a, a wall of influence within that group mm-hmm. so fast, shit just comes to you. Mm-hmm. The, the, the rule of, you know, make a sell, make a commission, make a friend, make a fortune. Right. Yeah, that's cool. And, and so you just make a friend with those three to five people that are very intentional, premeditated, but you're also coming at it from how can I actually help this person before I ever make an ask for myself. So a question that I've actually I literally I was talking to my cousin last night. It's like, dude, I'm going to meet a billionaire next Tuesday where I'm going to lunch with this guy. And it's funny. I was telling him and he's like, what advice do you have for me? And I'm like, dude, I'm the worst. I've met three billionaires in my life that mm-hmm. were vetted, truly multi-billionaires. Yep. And I flopped. On all <laughs> I, and by flop, I mean like it was fine. It was we yeah. met, we said hi, but like nothing came out of it, right? Yeah, you, you got all giddy. I oh. was like, uh, hi, like you know, I just I really flopped. I made a video about it. I was like, well, I blew it. Like I suck <laughs> because in my brain, with other people, I feel like I can add value. I'm like, hey, I can let's bring you on my podcast or show, or I have investments or deals, or I have a partner, I have someone I can introduce you to, you know. But when I meet someone of that level of that <laughs> status, it's like I I feel like I literally have nothing to offer that person. Yeah. Like, what am I going to offer them? And what I was telling my cousin last night, I was like, I feel like all I could offer them is like a good laugh. Like if I can make them laugh, smile, yep. a good count, like 
But what are your thoughts? Maybe it's not a yeah. billionaire, but when, when yeah. you're intimidated, I think a lot of people listening, like, you know, I'm intimidated to meet this person. I don't feel like I have much to offer. How do you approach that situation? Yeah. So number one, those individuals are so used to someone walking up and just straight up asking mm-hmm. for something. Pitching them all the time. Yeah. Just like, hey, I got this great opportunity. Yeah. Dude, they get a great opportunity a hundred times a day. Yeah. Right. So, you know, and I've had this many, many times. I've, I've met some super successful people there. A lot of them. I've built a lot of friends that are massively successful, hundreds and hundreds. I know two billionaires personally that I'm mm-hmm. good friends with. Um, and you make them, make them laugh is one. If you can make a That was my only strategy laugh, I could come up with, yeah. It was a good one. Yeah. I, it was a piece of advice I was going to give you. Yeah. But also, they are in a stage of life where they have other wants, needs, and desires. And just getting to know them and for them to tell their wants to you. So just mm-hmm. be a friend. Just listen. Just, John, dude, you got everything in the world, and and plus some. Like, what do you? What what makes you tick? Mm-hmm. And they'll they'll tell you. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, fixing villages in Africa and providing water and electricity. Yeah, dude, how like how could I help? Like, could I come serve for a mission or could I, you know, put together a group? There's always something mm. someone is itching and has a a, a want for right. Those guys of those stature are men on a mission, mm-hmm. right? Me yeah. and you are men on a mission, yeah, that's right? Cool. There's always someone or something that can be of value to us. And we may not see it as soon as we meet them because we are blinders on. But when you get approached and you actually get to talk about yourself versus getting asked and bombarded, then the guard goes down and mm. that relationship can start off on a really strong note. I like that. So ask them, yeah, what makes you tick? What's, what's things besides money that we can talk Ignol- about, right? Stroke the ego. Yeah. Stroke the ego. They they like to hear that. Anyone mm. of that level like, likes to know they're the man. Like, John, dude, you're the man. Like, you, mm-hmm. you honestly, I, I idolize you. But I have to ask this, like, what keeps you going? Like, what are we chasing now? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm just purely curious. Yeah. Let them go on and, and don't interrupt them. Let them get everything out and play into that. That's cool. Right? You know, sales calls, right? You want to pull the emotion out of it mm-hmm. and make an emotional decision. It's the same thing with anyone of status. Mm. You want to pull in their emotion so that you can pull them into your your network and your, your friendships. That's really cool. I like that a lot. Yeah. I'll have to try that next time I'm with uh, my, my fourth attempt at meeting a billionaire. Yeah, it's yeah. funny. I met a guy. Uh, he was a billionaire, a local billionaire. He's, he uh, just bought the Jazz, Utah Jazz. Mm-hmm. So I'm at Best Buy. Yeah. He's buying two iPads for his kids. He's just sitting there. And I'm, I was shopping for an iPad too for my wife. Yeah. And we're just around that little table in Best Buy. No one's else is there. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, man, this is like, yeah. this is Ryan Smith. Like, dude, it's, he's that's, a freaking multi-billionaire. I was like, and I'd met him once before too at a BYU thing. And I just, anyways, I just, I didn't want to bug him when I was, hey, what's up? You know, but. Listen, that's, it's wrong he situation though too. He's with his kids, right? Yeah. Whatever. But he also doesn't know shit about iPads, probably. Oh, yeah. So you'd be like, "Hey, man, like, I see you shop around for an iPad. I got to tell you, the 128 gig is is definitely where it's at. Don't mm. cheap out and buy the 64 because the kid's gonna throw it at you and say it doesn't have any memory in a in, in a year. Yeah. So just just think differently. Yeah, about have a little different approach. Yeah. The different approach, like we're all humans at the end of the day, right? I don't care how much money I make, you make. We're mm-hmm. we're a human, and at the core, we have to feel appreciated. We have to feel wanted, and we have to feel as if we're achieving something, yeah. or else we start dying on the inside. Oh, that's good. That's good advice. So your book's gonna go through all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah really cool. Sixteen chapters. So March, look out for it. Hopefully, hopefully, 
Let's just call we'll, it mid-April. <laughs> we'll call it mid-April. But if it comes in March, it's a little just an early surprise. That's right. That's awesome. Well, tell us a little bit. Um, I know we. I actually want to talk about a ton of other topics, but it's good to hear for people to hear your background a little bit. Yeah. So give us the the quick story of just you. Yeah. Um, your childhood growing up, what got you entrepreneurship? What mm-hmm. makes you tick? Because I, I think it's one of the funnest things to hear from entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of common threads as well when you hear it. So tell us about you. Yeah. So I, I've been in entrepreneurship since 15 and became man of the, man of the household at 16. So uh, going into high school, my sister got diagnosed with uh, magister blastoma brain cancer. It's a mm-hmm. very rare form of cancer. Uh, the tumor was between her pituitary and adrenaline gland. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow very high risk surgery. Uh, she was not supposed to walk, talk, or even be with us here today, and she is. That's so really cool. fa- fast forward just a little bit, but that put our family in a downhill spiral, as you may imagine, right? My mom and dad were never married, nor did my dad ever live in the household. He was also a man of, I don't know what to do, I'm gonna run from it. Mm. So he disappears for a year, and my mom's moving in to take care of my sister full time at what is known as the Riley home. I live in Indianapolis. Riley Children's Hospital is the hospital in the in the region. Well, they have a, a facility if your child is full-time. You move in there. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And this is, you're 16 at the time. I'm 16 at the yeah. time. I am staying home. My mom managed to keep me in a good school district, mm-hmm. and my mom was a fantastic mother, just dealt with a, a really shitty hand. Mm-hmm. Um, but when that happened, my mom was like, you're going to have to move in here with me. I don't have the financial means to keep you where you're at mm, and yeah. take care of your sister. And my mom worked her ass off, but she was low middle class with a management job within a, a warehouse chain. Mm, yeah. You know, hard work, blue collar, bust your ass, but it, it just, it was not enough to keep the, the lights and everything going and yeah. be able to take care of my sister. And so I started selling shoes, Nikes, Jordans, Yeezys, uh, anything uh, of value in the sneaker world. I mm-hmm. did learn from my father that shoes were of value and highly desirable. He had hundreds of pairs. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Yep. And so there's an underground market of shoes. I don't know if you know this or not. It's multi-billion dollar market for sneakers. Secondary trading. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Trading, resell. My business partner is all about it. Oh, oh, he's yeah. All yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm a nerd too. I got I got over 120 pairs, but really a whole room in my house, but no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about it in a minute. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so it, it sneakers it turned to able to get my license. Mm-hmm. That turned to a trade show. So I cool. ran something called Indie All Stars. Yeah, license, license to buy and sell shoes or what? Oh no! Oh, like a driver's driver's license, driver's yeah. license which you're mobile now. Which then you got taken away a few years later. Now. Yeah, yeah, I, that <laughs> happened too after high school. But yeah, so mobile now, and yeah. uh, it, I did start on a scooter. Fun fact: okay. before I had my license, I had a scooter I would ride to get sneaker releases. Oh, yeah. oh that's cool. Four thousand miles in one summer. Really? A so toto like distance, distance to, scooter. Toto fifty, baby. Oh my goodness! Getting it. <laughs> Just 20 mile, it, 25 mile an hour. How much were you making as a 15, 16 year old doing shoes? It, it didn't start big, but you know, a couple thousand bucks a week. And like, I was, Oh, like, that's huge. That's amazing. That's not bad. Yeah. You know, remember my first big trade sale made like 1300 bucks profit. I was like, dude, yeah, this shit's like crack. Oh, yeah. How do I go awesome. all in? Gosh. And so, um, at my peak though, before StockX came out, I'll get there. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some weeks I would make 20, 30 grand in high school. That's amazing. Yeah, 
that's so cool. I would have cargo short. I was I was an arrogant fuck. So you I, mean, were I was spent, a you shit. Just blowing all of it. I I wasn't blowing all of it, but I would walk around and make sure you knew I was making money. Mm, yeah. I was an egotistical little fuck. <laughs> that's part of my 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 book is coming to overcoming my ego. Mm. That's that's huge when you walk into those masterminds as well. Leave the ego at the door and just mm. be a servant. Yeah. Um, Smart. But this trade show then turned into. A little bit bigger one. I, I made a, a partnership with a local sneaker store. My largest event, we have 4,000 attendees from all over the Midwest at the Indianapolis Fairgrounds, 120 vendors. You could still Jeez. look it up. So cool. And it was called the Indie All-Star Sneaker Expo. Hmm. And you still Google it and see it. And That's amazing. it was such an uh, uh, awesome experience. And you threw this. Mm-hmm. Oh, at what age? Uh, so I was 17, 17 when we put this that. whole thing together. We put the whole thing wow, together. incredible. Yeah, and, and I was the plug. Like, I was like the sneaker god in Indiana. Mm-hmm. I live in Indiana. Like, it's not hard to be cool in Indiana. <laughs> All right, let me just throw that out That's there. a good disclaimer. Good yeah, disclaimer. Because, like, I was thought you were cool, and then now it's Indiana. Like, <laughs> it's like, like yeah. Well, well whatever. <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just kidding. No, that's incredible. So I was one of the first that could get their hands on, like, Nike Yeezys. So mm. do you know anything about shoes? I I'm pretty I know a little bit. Okay, I know so I'm know enough to be dangerous, but not nothing the serious. The Nike Yeezy is like one of the shoes that changed the game. Okay, and then Kanye moved to Adidas soon after. That's right, right? Okay. and then started just making them by the masses, yeah. right? And so the Nike Yeezy was a you know Yeezy Two is the last coveted Yeezy mm, yeah. that came out before he moved to Adidas, and then you had the All Star release where the LeBron Big Bang came out and the Galaxy Foam Posit. Mm. And that's what started a big wave of shoes, uh, s- sneakerhead. And yeah. Several people died over those shoes, actually. Got killed in the parking lot over them. Jeez. Yeah. So, anyways, sn- trade show. Bad way to go. Yeah, it is. Like, over on some the, on the other side, it's like, man, shoes, dude. I do want to do want to mention something unique. When I became head of household at 16 and I had my license, I only went half day in high school. Mm, interesting. So the Board of Education approved me to go half day as long as I could prove I was providing for my family. Really? Yeah. Wow, cool. So I had a lot more time than the average high schooler. Yeah. So it's And are you you're helping your mom out obviously in your help family? Thousand percent. Yeah. yeah. Helping my mom. Yeah, that's and amazing. My mom did rebounding and get back on her feet. Yeah. Um my sister was amazing, in the hospital yeah. almost three years. Wow. From surgery Very to nice. chemo to radiation to learning to walk again mm-hmm. to learning to eat again. A whole nine yards. Wow, Absolutely insane. Um, but my, my mom did rebound. Uh, she's, she's doing great nowadays. Uh, but anyways, StockX came out when I graduated high school. Mm-hmm. It killed the resale margins. Mm. So it put transparency on the marketplace. On, yeah. on everything. You could not say this was worth this. It was, uh, oh, let me check StockX. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in that transition, you know, I learned to build a website by myself. I learned build relationships. I learned these, I say I got my MBA in business in high school because I learned all these key traits Yeah, that's cool. of, of you know, just uh, building a business, putting the pieces together. Yep. So I started building websites for people, a uh, family friend, then a family friend referred me here. Mm-hmm. And in that, in that transition phase, I meet my business partner, Cody. Remember I said I was an arrogant, just, just thought I was everything yeah, in a bag yeah. of chips. Yeah. When he meets me, he sees potential in me. But also a problem, and it's because I didn't have a bigger cause. I didn't have a bigger calling. Mm-hmm. I had no faith in my life. I had, I had no belief in, in God or, or anything at that time. So, 
our relationship, my business partner, Cody, it's my best friend. And outside of my wife, it's, it's, it's Cody. That's mm-hmm. my, that's my best friend. Yeah. He led me to God being baptized and a bigger calling and, really cool. and learning to prioritize relationships. Yeah, that's really cool. And then we became business partners on some digital marketing. So websites mm-hmm. and whatnot. He was in a transition phase of his life from entrepreneur to called to do faith work to back into the real world. And he was ready to, you know, be entrepreneurial again and provide yeah. for the kingdom. My my business partner, he's thirty. I'm twenty five, so he's got five years on me. So he had he had a little more room in there. Um, but yeah, he led me to faith. We partnered up, and in that process, we hated service based revenue. Mm, yeah. So anyone listening knows Dude, what I'm talking about. Sorry, I got to pause you for a second. I love your story. Oh, thank and you. And it is it's so funny. It like just matches up with my story like crazy. Uh, I just love it. It's so cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you keep yeah. going, but like I yeah. at 16, literally my my brother killed himself. Ah, my parents got divorced. Were, well, they announced they're getting divorced three weeks later, mm. and my whole family just blew up. Right, yeah. not not as crazy as yours, but you know, no, so a little bit of stuff. It, and it, it put it, me into it's entrepreneurship. The, adverse, the adversity and the overcoming of those emotions. Yeah, doesn't matter what it is. That's a lot of trauma. And then I got into college. I started business, a couple businesses. I started building websites. Met my business partner. Came in. Oh friend. shit! Yeah, through through Dude. online marketing. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I just had to pause you. I was like, Let's I was go. like, like this is crazy. Sorry. We're back to your Sur- story though. Service based revenue blows. Yes, yes or I, no? No. Oh, I did. A, I had a Chinese tutoring company. I was tutoring oh, kids. Yeah. I had seven tutors. We were building this thing. I was like, this sucks. Like, I do not <laughs> want to keep doing this. This is terrible. Uh, the margins were so thin. You had a yeah. lot of employees to deal with. And anyways, it just drove me to more efficient business models. Yeah. Sorry, I'm going to let you keep going though. And and so we'd build a website and then be like, well, how do you generate leads? We're like, mm-hmm. well, you need SEO and you need to pay a million dollars a year. Not literally, but a lot of money every yeah. month. And it might work. Mm. That was the, the back end upsell. And I was just sick and tired of being sick and tired of having to go through that pitch and losing deal after yep. deal after deal. And so, cause it was just so expensive we're dealing with small, you know, small businesses. They mm-hmm. can afford $7,500 a month on SEO yeah. and hope it works in nine months. Yeah. Like that's just not, not even feasible. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, uh, I discover LinkedIn and how to build a, a good profile and make outreach happen and mm. connect with decision makers right away. Yeah. Right. And it was so powerful. All of a sudden I'm getting coffee meetings with local influencers in the business community that yeah, cool. I would have never had a chance to even at 18, 19 years old, never would have had a chance to meet unless it would have started through a bigger persona on my LinkedIn profile mm-hmm. led me to that meeting. Yeah. Right. I said, man, only thing that can be awesome. better is if I could automate this. Cause I would spend, let's go low end five hours a week. Let's go high end 15. Like managing the conversations, updating the spreadsheet mm-hmm. or CRM at the time, right? Updating the spreadsheet. Dude, I love that, by the way. When people, <laughs> sorry, I gotta pause you. It's like all these people, oh yeah, let's go update our CRM. And it's like literally in the Google sheet. <laughs> or the people that are like, oh, our backend AI is so, you don't have AI, dude. It's literally yep. like a macro yep. that you wrote that does four functions, it's not AI. <laughs> You know, like I hate all these buzzwords like, oh yeah, oh, yeah, like our automated system. It's like, no, you got three guys out of India yeah. that is your automated system. Anyways, it's just funny. Dude. Sorry, keep going. It, <laughs> by the way, I write in the book, the five shit, uh, the five uh, bullshit indicators. See, that's the, that's such a good title. Let's yeah. just name it that right now. <laughs> Sorry, we're we'll changing. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and by the way, that's, that's one of them. When someone says they're doing something so great, but then the back end just starts to fall apart. Oh yeah. You can't see anywhere. 
if any growth right mm-hmm. anyways um so we, you know we we figure out i figure out how to design a, a user interface as far as like a concept mm-hmm. and then onlinejobs.ph have you ever heard of it oh. it is you can go find developers web builders what was it again onlinejobs.ph Online? no i haven't yeah so you could go find any talent you could ever dream of mm. and it's vetted qualified affordable talent be able to knock out all around the world including u.s people are on there so i i put up the html working version of the everything i taught myself how to design and get the concept i go through like eight applicants well where i'm about to give up and this guy goes well you need to meet my cousin and cousin introduces me to a friend it's a long kind of hard to track Yeah, yeah but anyways long story short i meet this guy named arpon Arpan's like, yeah, no problem, man. We can do it. I'm like, oh fuck. He said, send uh send, you know, five thousand dollars to this bank. I'm like, okay, uh-huh. great. I didn't even know how to send a wire. Like, this is like my first big boy transaction. Okay. okay? Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So I go into the bank, they're like, is this like credit like lottery fraud? Did you get promised that you hit the lottery? Oh, they're asking you questions <laughs> yeah, in the bank. Like, yeah, yeah. Is somebody calling you from another country? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, uh, yes, they called. It was not lottery though. Is that Go ahead and hit send. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, he is our managing partner over in India. We have 43 developers over there. Wow. Turned out to well, be super legit. It worked out. Perfectly. Yeah, it worked worked out perfectly. So cool. uh, before I ever even seen his face, we made a million dollars together. Wow. Yeah. Before we ever, so cool. I've never like his Zoom was always off, like paused. Oh, you never like never even a Zoom picture. Not a Zoom picture. I got a picture, but not the live video. Yeah, like. The camera off. Yeah. So I just draw these speculations that this guy's just a ninja and just fucking badass. So That's amazing. I fly over there my first time flying over there. Yeah. Learn that this guy's just way too smart for me. He he graduated valedictorian of one of the top tech schools of India. Wow. His family owns like 19 hospitals in the northern mm-hmm. region of India. They own two casinos, and That's just cool. just. <laughs> just Amazing. abundance yeah, that's, that's so one cool. of my favorite words by the way yeah just abundance like absolutely everywhere and and so we i found out he's valedictorian of the school his first job was the watson supercomputer he was wow. a cto at a company called sales handy that grew to 15 million users had a partial exit and just took a board seat i'm like dude this that's guy's legit as shit man yeah. he's so smart and all he wants to do though is build. He does not want to build and sell. Like mm. like learn to build and sell the product. He just is motivated. It was ying the... and yang hit. Mm. I'm a Maybe. sales machine. You yeah. probably just tell him I am my <laughs> your demeanor. In my demeanor. <laughs> I I love selling, you know. Yeah. I'll I'll sell, you know, frozen water to an Eskimo. But it's um it's worked out very well. You know, he's, he's business partner. Well, you hear so many stories like that that just don't work out. I I have so many friends that like, oh man, we hired a team out of Hungary. Didn't work. We had a team out of India. Didn't work. We had a team out of Ukraine. They kind of worked. (laughs) And then it was like, we found this one team out of Costa Rica and they worked. It takes like, I've heard that story so many times. You gotta fly in and go meet them. That's, that's your That's that's it. That's secret sauce. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we made, we made a million bucks pretty quick, but we, we were sales machines, us and, and the, the five original guys. We all just sold, 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 yeah. sold. We use our own product, got the lead, turned it a process I call cold to sold, right? You know, I'm not trying to make this cold a sales sold, pitch. Right? Nice. Like so we use cold to sold process, and I mean, we were in and out. We were about a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars up front, 
it, uh, it was a uh, hundred nineteen dollars a month when we first started. Mm-hmm. One hundred nineteen a month, and we were just racking them up. Yeah, cool. And and then we're like, okay, this is a real business. And it, it was this the act like like connected kind of is today similar type of offer and product, or was it way different than what this today? Absolute shit product. Right. <laughs> but same same idea though. Same idea. Same idea. Yeah. Trying to get yeah. the same results. Yeah, 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 cool. yeah, yeah. Trying to get the same results. Uh, it was funny because. I would do onboardings like in the afternoon or late afternoon or evening mm-hmm. customers. We sold either in the morning or it, it was, a, it was dual shift, baby. We mm. were selling the morning onboard at, onboard night. at night. Wow. Yeah. That's me cool. and I'm ashamed to admit how much Papa John's I ate during that time. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. But, uh, I got, I'm still That's cashing so cool. in free pizzas. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so the, so take us back a little bit too. I think people, some people listening to this want to start a tech company. Yeah. You, one piece of advice you said, fly out, meet your devs face yeah. to face. What are some other tips for starting tip a number tech company? One, tip okay. number one, get the bare minimum anything, pitch mm. deck, anything, sell the product. Mm. Ready, fire, aim. That is a book, by the way. I love that book. Yeah. I've read it multiple times. It, just awesome. take massive action. Most people that want to start tech companies are like, I got to meet so-and-so and get $3 million. What do you need $3 million for? Mm-hmm. Most people that start tech companies are not financially in a good spot. They just have a really good idea. Mm-hmm. Therefore, they think they need to raise a bunch of money. If you can't manage your sixty grand you make a year and you're living paycheck to paycheck, what makes you think you can go manage three million dollars? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Someone gives you. That's why you see the PEs and VCs. They say, "Well, one out of twelve will work." Mm-hmm. Right, I mean, this is that's your lane. Crazy, oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's like one out of twelve, mm-hmm. or three will break even. Yeah. Right, so it, that's because guys with really good ideas burn a lot of money getting their what I call MBA from the school of hard knocks. Yeah, yeah. So just take massive action. Sell first, get an MVP. Just get out. I love it. Yeah, sell first. Yep. Stack the cash. Put some money in the bank. Go to investor and say, "Hey, we have a hundred thousand in sales with ninety grand in the bank." Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, that's a lot more appealing than. And you guys have never raised dollars. Uh, so we we did going did through you do the, a race. Yeah, so we we did a convertible note so I could build a board and everything. Yeah, and cool. I'm going through that that acquisition I mentioned earlier, so I had to stack some stuff in, into my favor and bring some people in. So there is technically money in the business yeah. uh, as of last year, but first three years we did not raise capital. Yeah, did all that. Yeah, yeah. We all we were all bootstrapped. By the time we raised capital, we had done had a trailing couple years of almost thirteen million in sales. So wow, that's very, crazy. Yeah, it's an, it's an interesting thing. I um I've, I've talked to a few venture capitalists about this. It's an interesting thing in Silicon Valley or venture capitalists is there's almost more value, in their opinion, in pre-revenue businesses. The big idea then, small revenue businesses. Because with yeah. a small revenue business, like let's say you did a quarter million dollars last year, they can actually run a pro forma on that. Mm-hmm. With a no revenue business or pre-revenue business, they can't run those models and the evaluations can get bit up like crazy. So you saw, um, yeah. I mean, this is a huge example of Altos Labs. Yep. Just raised a $3 billion seed round. Yeah, it's nuts. It's just absolutely insane. Yeah. And there's obviously a lot of slush money going. They have, a, I mean, pretty cool technology. They're going to reverse age things and whatever. They can extend mm-hmm. your life like three times. But it just goes to show, it was really interesting. I had just that conversation is like, we, for the founder, it's almost your evaluation at least will be higher pre-revenue than if you made a quarter million dollars last year, which I thought was yeah. very interesting. There is some truth to that. And there are some industries that like, if you're going to go make someone live three times as long, 
there's a lot of R and D and a lot of upfront costs. Mm-hmm. But for the average person with the a little slightly above average tech idea, you can get an MVP and start making a very good lifestyle business very quick for yourself. What's like a, what average cost for an MVP on a you know simple tech company? We got we got ours up in ten thousand dollars. Serious? Yeah. Wow. You also got to know where to look. Yeah. You got to be smart about it. You got to know what to do. India cool. has the talent and they mm-hmm. will lake pavement for you for a thousand dollars a month. Mm-hmm. They are used to the average wage in India for any skilled worker is 200 us dollars a month. Wow. Huh. Yeah. I got uh, funny story. So I laid in India and so I'm paranoid about like getting captured or like losing my phone when I go oh, yeah. overseas. Oh yeah. So I take 5,000 US to the register to cash in for rupees. Okay. Well, the the trade-in is 1 to 74. This guy is like banding oh, up. So you got huge wads of cash <laughs> huge wads. coming out. This, okay. and, and there's a line out the airport. Oh, no. And then so my no. business partner walks up, puts 5,000 in. And we, we have a backpack full of rupees. We have like the whole life savings of like the whole line. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> and they're just looking at us like, <laughs> these, guys. <laughs> these guys and you got duffel bags of cash walking out oh. yeah just to me back stuff oh yeah of rupees do you like do you travel with security and stuff like that now or are you gonna do that uh i'm not getting close to this guy i'm not quite that bowling yet but getting close i've got a couple friends that have like security guards with them full yeah. time and i and i didn't know who they were at first i was like why is this guy always following you and i was like oh he's a security guard i have i have an assistant that normally travels with me mm-hmm and you could look at him as security, but you could like beat his ass with your pinky. <laughs> um, it is my brother too. Oh, okay. So yeah, he, he's a pussy. Yeah. I love him. Love you, Jay. If he hears this, I'll he'll be, hear uh, it. Yeah, oh yeah. I'm he'll be putting it. on my social. Love Hell you, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, him, my wife, and my business partner. I don't know what I would do without. Yeah. Like, and 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 my key executives at my company. Love all of them. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, let's switch gears for a sec. Yeah. So um, let's talk. And you're a tech company founder. You guys are doing very well. You know, I'm sure you have a huge valuation now and you said you're going through a transition acquisition right now, which is awesome. So whenever that comes out, let me know. We'll have a big party. Oh yeah. I'll post about it. I'll, we'll have yeah. a party. Whatever you're in town, I know we'll that go, guy. We'll go hang My out. Boy. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> um, tell, tell me about your landscape of the Web3 movement right now. Um, for yeah. someone that's getting this, in this space, um, you know, is that, you know, every big tech company is turning their lens to Web3. Um, what's your thoughts? I'm considered an NFT land of whale. Oh, really? Yeah. So yeah. What do you got? A little bit of everything, but I got so much. I don't know what I got. I actually have a, check this out. Me and my business partner share a crypto fund manager. Mm. All he does is manage our crypto. Cool. He takes a 10 to 15% cut of profits every month Mm -hmm. and buys, gets us into the nodes and gets us into the land. And so I think on my open sea of what is public, I have like 156 uh, NFTs and plots of land. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think if you're not paying attention to it, you need to wake up. Mm-hmm. If you are just staring away, I mean, they said the internet was just a fad, and now we know we don't know what to do without it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's gonna happen here. I'm a hundred percent believer. Um, if you're looking to get into you know, building tech companies and, and building in the Web 3.0. I think you're a few years off from making serious money, but if you stay consistent, you will stick have your it, yeah. you'll have your big pop. So, 
Yeah, yeah right. that's cool. That's awesome. Well, I want to talk, dive into a few pieces of this. So I'm launching a crypto. We have a crypto fund coming out in just a matter of weeks right now. We'll Congrats. be buying, um, we won't do NFT stuff, but we'll, we'll have a big pool and do all that kind of stuff. It's really fun. As far as NFT goes, um, well, actually, no, let's talk about, let's talk about metaverse land. It's okay. one of my biggest questions I have. And I want yeah. to talk to somebody like you because I personally, I get the idea. I'm sold. I'm running a crypto fund. Like I believe in it. I do not believe in metaverse land. And let me tell you why. why? Because at least current, current metaverse land. Okay. I believe in the concept of it, but you, any Yahoo tomorrow yeah. can create another metaverse. That's right. And so what's, who's right now, there are hundreds of metaverses and hundreds more being created. Mm-hmm. Who's to say which one's going to be the winner? Because I've been in Decentraland and Sandbox. I've, I've gone and tried all of them. They're not that great right now. I mean, the, the graphics, it's like, everything. It's like it's, it's Sims. It, it looks like you're playing Wii. 2004, you're playing Wii, Wii it's, Golf. That's how I feel when I'm in there. It's Sims. You remember oh, yeah. the game Sims? Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah. just like Sims. Yeah. So my question is, who's, not, who's to say, like, what if Apple tomorrow says, you know what? We just came out with the dopest metaverse ever, Activision, right? And yeah. it looks amazing, right? The graphics are incredible. And it's like, oh, well, my million-dollar plot of land on Decentraland kind of is worthless now because everyone's now moving to Activision's new metaverse. Yeah. Give me your, give me your thought. Cause that's, I, that's stopped me from buying land in the metaverse. Diversif- Cause I don't, I don't know which one's going to win. Diversify, diversify, diversify. If you're going to go in and buy that stuff, I have them in all. I have land. Cause in you all. buy everything and one of them's going to be. Yeah. Winner. Yeah. One's going to be declared the winner. Mm-hmm. And if you can buy in, in the downtowns or the, the mm-hmm. where you start. So in Decentraland, for instance, I have, I, th- I think it's 30 plots of land in the right in the downtown district as soon as you pop in. Mm. And and if Facebook decides to central land is it, that's where they're going all in. Yeah. I'm in a really good spot on mm-hmm. those 30 plots of land. Yeah. Right. It is a wacky concept. It's hard to grasp, but just diversify. You can get it. So you just buy it. all of them, buy the spread. One of them is going to be the winner, which I believe. I think we'll have one or two that will yeah. be the winner. I'm just not sold yet that it is Decentraland or so it's Sandbox or I, I whatever. Because I think more are coming out right now. Everyone's building these new ones. And I think they're going to, in 18 months, we're going to see some incredible I And all the land verses. that I have, I might have 10 grand in it. And I have mm. a lot of land. Like, I've done worse things with $10,000. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like, I've spent that at the bar. Mm-hmm. So I, I, don't, I don't drink anymore. Okay. <laughs> but I have had those nights, yeah. you know. So like it's worth the gamble. Gotcha. So just keep your this is your gambling money. Throw it in there and diversify I, well is what you're saying. Gotcha. Not being racial here, but it's a white man lottery ticket. It's a white man lottery ticket. What do you mean by that? It, it's like you throw money at it and it might work. It might not. Oh okay. It's yeah. old. It's old saying that I've I've heard gotcha. many times. White man lottery ticket. You yeah, know, make a little bit of money, start throwing it at stuff. It's one of those. Yeah. You know, it's just sprinkle around. Because I, I am bullish on the other facets besides just the land part. I just have a hard time with the land. So, and now you're a big NFT player. Yeah. Which I think is awesome. I think there's a lot of value, especially for, I'm a big believer in NFTs that have utility behind them. Yeah. So no, some of these games that are coming out. Talk like, about like one of my favorites is the Crypto Cannabis Club. Mm, yeah. Not not whole, huge in the whole pot smoking thing. You know, not a smoker myself, but their utility behind their project uh, is how does it insane. work walk us through it so you so there's there's thirteen thousand characters thirteen thousand some change okay yeah. you have to have a character to be into the game period if you mm. don't have one of the thirteen thousand, then then you can't get in and 
it tied into the real world and they did a deal with all of the big chains that mm. uh, dispensaries you get a discount for having what they call a toker which is their mm, nfts cool. so it tied it into real world versatility and yeah. a cult like community that lo- like if you make someone love smoking weed they love smoking weed they're very upfront they're, about it yeah yeah <laughs> like yeah, dude. Yeah, I yeah. love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, actually, it's in my back pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it, it's it's such a strong community. I, I think is actually going to make that one pop. Mm, cool. Yeah, I, I love the utility ones. Because there's, like, for example, if you had a Metaverse game and they came out with 100 Fire Swords and you owned a Fire Sword and you can rent that because people want to beat the boss, they yeah. can rent it from you for some coins. So every day you can rent the 24 hours. You guys get the the fire sword or whatever yeah. the, you know, the asset is. I think it's the utility behind it. I think is really cool. Yeah. It, it's, it's crazy. Some of these games and concepts and seeing them all come to, uh, you know, reality is awesome. Yeah. It's a fun, uh, it's a fun just transition in the world. And I, I think we're going through this crossroads of technology is all converging right now. Yeah. We have 5g hitting really high speed internet. We have really incredible microchips we have um, AI hitting, I mean, we have blockchain all hitting all at the same time and they all help each other. Yeah. And so that's why I was, I was listening to this, this um, great person, but they were going through, that's why we're seeing this explosion in pretty much every every asset class in the world is having an explosion of technology right now because of that, which is- And, and entrepreneurs. And entrepreneurs are saying, you know what, I'm going to take advantage of this. And the Fed is saying, we're going to flood you guys with liquidity yeah. and slush money dollars to do this, which yeah. is pretty cool. I will tell you, 5G sucks. <laughs> it's so slow right now. Well, it's not 5G. This is like back <laughs> what I said before. It's it's not 5G. Yeah. They 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 like on your my phone is T-Mobile. It yeah. says 5G. Hey, I'm in that struggle bus. You it says like UC or something. Yeah, I don't even know what it says. 5G. Oh, it's not it's not being popped up right now. 5G UC or something like that. It's not really 5G. It's them saying we're trying to develop 5G, but we're not actually there yet. 5G in its true sense is yeah. like it's like five gigs a second or something like that, right? It's yeah. just crazy speeds. But all these companies, I think we're feeling, this is my opinion, I've researched at the time, because Huawei mm-hmm. was doing this in China. They bid for the US contract. US said, we don't want China because you're owned by the Chinese state. We don't want you to controlling our stuff. And they're like, dude, we're, we're, we are the leaders in 5G. Like we have it. And the US government said, okay, our carriers, let's get it. Like Verizon, T-Mobile, you know, AT&T. And they said, oh, okay. And to appease the American public, they started running ads we're working on 5g we're coming out with 5g yeah. and it's it is five six seven years out to actually get the infrastructure in for 5g yeah it's uh we're when pretty it, behind on it when the 5 uc pops up like my shit barely works oh it's it's bad yeah. calls drop instagram yeah. won't even load i'm like what is going on yeah it's man? not real five it's just so frustrating and they yeah. market it as like we're at 5g now no we're not we're not even <laughs> near real 5g like it should anyway it's just it's oh, crap yeah. dude it's all marketing so that they anyways and then all the conspiracy theories with 5g oh yeah yeah fry your brain or whatever fry your brain and what's the other ones what can actually new topic favorite conspiracy theory what's one that you You, are okay sharing you're you're hitting you're hitting my favorite so what's something that's like hey this is something that i think has some legs behind it we can still count as a conspiracy theory but what's something that you like have researched and like you know what i like it so you want a funny one and then one that I'm just like hell bent didn't happen. Let's go uh, funny one first. So have you ever been to Chuck E. Cheese? Is there a Chuck E. Cheese out here? Yeah. I, already, I don't even know where this is going to go, dude. Okay. I've been to Chuck E. Cheese though. You, 
Have you ever noticed the pizza's cut all weird and batched all together? No. It's it's cut like... I went as a kid, though. It was years ago. Yeah, right, right. What do you oh, mean yeah. it's cut weird? It's like the, they don't do a traditional... Yeah, like, it's like one will be like this big, like one will be this big, and like the cheeses will look a little different, and it's like the most fucked up Frankenstein-looking pizza you've ever seen. Okay. The conspiracy theory is they reuse unused pizza and put it together and rebake it and serve it. Oh. Them. They just oh, slap the crazy. pieces back together. Yeah. That's kind of like a funny one. You're like, what the heck? <laughs> you got any like... Yeah, you like did, tested did, it? We, you seen somebody that's gone out and like... I, I've done a lot of like YouTube research and seen a lot of videos on it. Yeah. I personally not went to Chuck E. Cheese and like try to figure it out myself. You're not in there spending no. hours at a time researching this I have one? A, I have a newborn, so when she gets a little bit older... We're, you'll, we're, you're going to be... Yeah. You'll go for fun, but you'll be watching out. So I'm going to give you two that I'm just for sure is... Congrats on your newborn, by the way. Uh, thank we you. Babe. We have a five-month-old we just have. Yeah, her name's Arlo. So Arlo, okay. Yeah, she's... She just said her first word. I got a video really? of it yesterday. What She's, was it? It's a dad. Mama. Oh. I said it was supposed to be dada. He <laughs> said, <like>, come on. <laughs> no, she's That's such awesome. a sweetheart. But. Sorry, okay, okay. Back to the conspiracy theories. All right. Give me your favorite one. Moon favorite. landing didn't happen. Did not Walk happen. us through it. And I have researched this a lot too. So, okay. Give me, walk me through it. <laughs> and then the second one's 9-11. But 9-11 was Let's go moon that. landing first. Okay. Moon landing, if we went to the moon, why haven't we been been back? Yeah. That's just number one. Number two is the tech. But it's too expensive. Like, why why go back? Yeah. There's nothing there, right? So there's that's, that's the argument, right? Yeah, there's arguments on all ends. But, like, don't you think we'd be developing some stuff and and, and, and figuring out that, that, that world more if we've already – we figure out how to get there, right? Like, that is one – and it was so rushed. It was the space race, yeah, and we yeah. were the lat. We were in last place. We had the most advanced technology to be able to put on TV. Mm. What this could look like. Yeah. Like how the flag is stiff. There's the pre the recordings of, you know, like on set. It's cut out. It's really hard to find, but you could hear the astronauts like talking about how they're about to be on set and and whatnot. But then the recording starts of them walking, right? But like, it kept, they're recording on the moon, right? They could say, oh, we're about to record, right? Yeah. About to go live. Oh, what side are you on? Did we go I'm, to the moon? I'm, I'm pushing back a little bit. I want to hear, <laughs> hear how deep this goes. I, I'm going to play a little devil's advocate for you. You know, the, the, the flag is so stiff on that video. It's unreal. I get there's no gravity mm-hmm. on the moon, but like that thing moved none. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the ground didn't push, like yeah. nothing. He was like, <laughs> "Well, it is interesting." Sorry, I'll I'll, I'll be on your side for a minute. Here. All right, that, but it is interesting. Go. Getting attacked here. <laughs> no, I wanted to just push back on you a little bit. But it's interesting the the amount of how far we were behind, and all of a sudden we won, right? Yeah. And you had this, um, and uh, we were there, and then we never we never went back ever. And the technology just kind of disappeared, <laughs> yeah. and it was like, well, that's it. And for forty years. No one's been interested in going to the moon or space until these billionaires have said, you know what, let's, let's actually go to space again. And it's really interesting. Um, you would think it would be pretty easy like, to copy and kind of figure out those same math, you know, same math that we calculated back in the 50s and 60s. And you see how, how much struggle Blue Origin, SpaceX is going yeah, through. Where, where are these playbooks at? Like, where, yeah, where's the old playbook to, yeah. to pull it up? Which there's a lot of arguments. You can go both ways. 
The other one that's so interesting is with, um, this is on the flat earth theory people. Oh yeah. Which I've, I, for whatever reason, like Instagram and TikTok keep hitting me with the flat earth people. I see videos. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm like in the algorithm. I'm in, you know, when you get stuck in like a thread. I'm in right now the freaking flat earth thread. <laughs> And so I'm like, well, I got to watch some of these videos. Let's see. So they are all going to Antarctica. Like Antarctica is not there. And it's, and it's this round thing. And it's a big conspiracy. Now, I don't believe the earth's flat, personally. Yeah. But they bring up some really great points. They do. They, it's really interesting. So the Antarctica thing is really interesting. I mean, no one can travel to Antarctica. It's like this banned land. There's a book in the, the um, encyclopedia, like 1940. They said there was a big dome in Antarctica. And anyways, no one's been back since. You literally can't go there. They will arrest you. People like they have videos of people trying to go to Antarctica. They have boats and ships that will stop you and turn you around. It's really crazy. The other one is this guy. Um, he just shows he's a flat earth person, but again, I don't believe the earth is flat, but he goes, NASA's lying to you. Yeah. And all, he goes through all the, the current and past NASA videos and he picks them apart where they have the CGI. He like shows where it gets off and it anyways, he goes through all these different videos and shows. And it's really, it's like really compelling. He's like, this is a live stream they did four weeks ago from the space station. Yeah. And why is this part a part of the screen like all off and doesn't work right? And they, you know, it's really, really interesting. Yeah. The whole space thing is just super interesting in general to me, mm -hmm. you know, but conspiracy theories are like one of my favorite rabbit holes to go down. If I'm oh, vegging fun. out, like give me a good conspiracy. Theory. Oh yeah. Just hit the YouTube for a little bit and just, just yeah. veg for a minute. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's fun. It makes your mind like kind of tick and you're like, man, maybe they are lying to us. Yeah. Well, and the, the ground, so if somebody's listening to this, like, man, these guys are nuts. Like, <laughs> they've lied to us before and admitted yeah. it plenty of times. The, the government, any governments have lied before. And so it's, you look back and go, man, I, you know, are they lying now? Is somebody lying about something? Why would they do that? What's the motives behind it? And could that be? Um, and it's pretty interesting. It's funny. There's, <laughs> sorry, go to your next conspiracy there. You mentioned 9 11. 9 11 didn't, didn't happen the way. See, so I'm not convinced on this one. You uh, got to convince me. Okay. And, but I haven't done the digging, right. though. I haven't done the digging. Convince me on 9-11. All right, I'll just give you a couple facts. Okay, flight. let me be up front. Flight 93 really crashed. That plane actually crashed. Okay. Those lives really did die. Yeah. People did die in 9-11. Yeah. The, the towers and, and whatnot. Like, there's some truth to 9-11. Mm. But it was also an inside job, all right? Because think about it. We, we were in an oil crisis. You know that? We were in an oil crisis. So I heard this with Bush, right? And Okay, sorry, keep going though. Yeah. So we were in oil crisis. Meaning and, we weren't getting enough imports of oil. Right, and we needed a reason to hit Afghanistan to push oil our mm -hmm. way. Okay. Right? And so uh, Dick Cheney was head of NORAD, National Air Defense System, that can shoot down any plane that comes in and is just suspicious, doesn't listen to the warnings, can bop them like that. Mm -hmm. Right, because you you know those flights had to take uh, turn all the way around plenty of time, and you know mm, thirty five forty minutes to uh, turn around and because they were off course, they're way off course, way off course. Okay. Yeah, and so, but seventy two hours or, or there's various articles that say different timelines, but a few days before President Bush was the only person that could override and basically make Dick Cheney step aside from NORAD and making that decision. Hmm. Basically, you know, the in the movies, they have, like, the red button. Mm -hmm. So Dick Cheney would be the person I could hit that red button, essentially. Okay. Say, hey, yeah. yep, shoot that plane down. Well, George W. Bush took over, and on the day of 9-11, was technically in that seat. Interesting, huh? And and that's why NORAD was never even initiated. Because hmm. it went through, passed through. George W. Bush said, no, 
Mm, interesting. Right, so that's number one. Number two, the wings. Just for those couple days, too? Yeah, just for those couple wow, days. And then Dick Cheney was back yeah. in. This is the only time in, in the history of the United States government, from my own research, that has ever happened. Interesting, huh? And uh, so the wingspan of a 737, just, just sheer math is wider than the building okay so the impact is like there's a significant difference of the the entry point right the wings you mean like where the wings hit the building it would it would it, it should have been wider it should have been wider on the videos. And, and the and parts of the wings should have disintegrated into the sky like you should have seen it clip off that makes sense mm, okay then the speed velocity and the weight of that aircraft like it's how many tons? I mean, that's a lot, right? It's the biggest plane that you can really fly. There, I think there might be a seven forty-seven, but it's like one of the biggest things that you could fly and take off. That it would have cleared the width of the with the velocity that it had, the speed, velocity, and weight mm. would have cleared that building. Mm. That makes sense. Interesting. And so, um, also, th- just the entry point, it was not big enough for a seven thirty, even the capsule. The, the circular piece. So what So what you're getting at is that the plane that hit the building was was most likely a small prop plane. The small oh it was a smaller plane. It wasn't the big plane that they said it was. Correct. Interesting, okay. Because you also when you dig into it, you can't find memorials or or gratitude blogs for passengers that hit those two towers. You can find people in the buildings. Hmm. There's really nothing for the passengers of the plane. So, from, and can't you can't from, they don't have videos of like the tail number and everything of those build of those planes? Yeah. So there's no video. There's only those two photos that everyone recognizes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and there's some videos that are arguably from cell phones that are, were manipulated. So there's some videos out there because no one like it just came in and well the, well the second the first one no but the second one there's quite a few videos yeah people were already filming and yep. they could see it right same, yeah. the same thing for the second one too yeah so i'm just on the first one i'm fully convinced was not a 737 the second one there's a little more stuff they can contest but the number one fact that is just no way like what what happened mm-hmm. is that the explosions happened before the plane ever hit to blow the infrastructure out. Jet fuel can't burn steel, right? Mm-hmm. That's big one. Explosions happen before. Many, many, many uh, interviews after say, oh, we heard explosions before anything ever hit. Um, and then- Do they have like video of the, uh, what do you mean? Like explosions at the base of the towers, you mean? Like the, like, or the like- in the middle of the tower, there's explosions, there's, Photos, videos, and people saying they heard explosions mm. coming from the elevator shaft before a plane ever hit. Mm. Interesting. So uh, an- another fact that just just really is crazy is there's no aircraft pieces recovered. Hmm. You should think of two of the largest planes and ever made and ever. <laughs> Interesting. Huh? There'd be a bolt or some landing gear or something. I get a lot happened. A lot yeah. came down and and whatnot but the plane that hit the pentagon not a single piece of aircraft left behind really yeah not a single no tail no landing gear nothing that one is just another example of 
and and those are like my main points at my dude inside job hmm. from government structure changing to early explosions to the science that backs it up to also the world power that shifted that day right hmm. us invading afghanistan and taking over and there's there's so many i can't give hard numbers because there's so many different figures but George W. Bush made millions and millions and millions of dollars a couple weeks shortly after. Hmm. Like his How net so? worth. You know? So tied in through the oil and, and all that. I don't know the fine fine details of how, but his net worth from before 9-11 to after 9-11 was like 10 times. Hmm. Interesting. Like over the years. Huh. Um, well, I saw another thing too about the Pentagon. Yeah explosion or plane crash whatever we want to get into explosion <laughs> that there was a it was a, either it was a half billion to a trillion dollars that was misplaced days before and the paperwork was disintegrated yeah and the paperwork was all gone it was that department that day On that, that it was being investigated that corner of the pentagon yeah, <laughs> yeah right something like that yep interesting yeah. Interesting stuff. Well, maybe I'll have to I'll have to dig a little deeper again. We're not just text me. This isn't the Joe Rogan experience here. We could go a little. We could go deep for hours here. But uh, it's I think it's fun to hear people's and again conspiracy theories and hear what the rabbit holes they've gone down and their opinions on things. I think it's pretty interesting. Hey, it's one of my favorite things to talk about. So. Yeah, it's pretty fun. I know there's a well right now especially there's just it just feels like there's so many things that aren't aligned correctly in the world. Yeah. With the vaccine, with mandates, with lockdowns, I mean, all around COVID, but also the Fed, money printing. Like it just, you you look at it, you go, something's not right. We got all these moving parts. Somebody's probably making a lot of money from this, getting more control, getting more power. There's There are deceptive things going on behind the scenes. You don't oh, know yeah. where to pinpoint it, what exactly is going on, but my antennas at least are way up. Because it's oh, just yeah. like, there's just, it seems like there's too many conflicts of interest. You cannot be asleep at the wheel right now. Yeah, it's so interesting. I don't care what party, what you believe in. I don't give a shit where you sit with it. You need to be awake because everyone, there's a different game being played and we're, we're going to see behind the curtains eventually and see the outcome. Please. I know. I, I was so funny. I was talking to my wife. This is like last year. I said, I can't wait for tw- year 2050 when they do a documentary on what actually happened for COVID for COVID like what actually went down like what and then who were the people that went to jail who was who was the right person we should have been listening to who was the one that was you know it's like this we're in the middle of a freaking mystery novel and I want to know the ending but it's kind of freaky because it's your life right now and so I think to your point um I'll tell you back it doesn't matter party political race whatever you can't just passively say Oh yeah, I trust everyone's. Everyone is perfectly correct. They're never doing anything wrong. <laughs> yeah. they're, these all the all the and they just a lot of people just label them the experts. Yeah, every single expert is correct a hundred percent of the time. There's they've never done malplay in the past. Every government leader is just perfect, and they are giving doing the very best for us. Yeah, it's just if you look at history, it's just not so. Yeah, and so you always got to question it, which is actually science to a core. Is you question everything. Yeah, you question the the motives behind it, and you test. And it's funny, a lot of my friends who are, I follow the science. I say, me too. Yeah. I question. I actually want to question. I want to see the data. I want to read the studies. Because some of the stuff seems mindless. seems like we live in a clown world right now. It just does not make sense that whatever X, Y, Z is going on. Yeah, it's, it's a crazy time, man. So, 
kind of fun to go down some that's another whole rabbit hole the covid uh oh, the covid conspiracy theories are a whole nother yeah. one dude yeah those those are those are crazy and it's and it's actually um yeah it's just interesting the uh the world we live in and the power and actually it's it's actually really cool right now you see you see these truckers in canada that oh just that, said, that's crazy that just said screw it we're yeah. done we're done with justin trudeau locking down our country for really nothing i mean covid cases are, are curbed we wanted to flatten the curve uh, vaccine has seemed to be not as effective as we thought yeah. for this variant and um tough right like we're gonna we want freedom I mean, they, they were in lockdown up until like five what three months ago mm-hmm. it was something crazy so my, my mom's canadian my half my family's from canada so i have about 70 to 80 like first degree cousins relatives that all live in canada totally in lockdown i mean they are you have to have for even even if you're vaccinated or not to move between provinces is very restricted i mean there's just it's so crazy the and at when cases are very low not as deadly right. and uh you know you go well i thought we were watching the science and it doesn't seem like it's science anymore it seems like it's power it seems like it's control it seems like it's there's something else it's, going on it's getting out of hand yeah. look at australia yeah australia look, the same way look at look at china and they're barricading people in their houses Shooting people with rubber bullets in Australia for leaving their house. For a disease that we've lived with for now two years. It's a variant of the flu. So I mean interesting. Like more people die from the flu than COVID. More people die from a lot of other things. Yeah. Than COVID. A car crashes. Um heart disease. I mean, it's like if we're really concerned about your health, we would restrict you from eating fast foods process like if they actually yeah. cared about your health they'd get rid of mcdonald's there's so many I, it's my favorite there's my favorite thing is when i walk into a a store and a really overweight sick type of person please can you put on a mask for your health oh shit and i go come on you know sorry i work out you know five six times a week i eat healthy <laughs> like you know what i mean like let's talk about health if you really want to talk about health let's talk about health yeah you know i don't know if this this uh this mask over my mouth is gonna and, and then the, it's so funny, the CD, CD, CDC comes out and says cloth masks aren't effective anymore. So my, my VP of operations, so, that's crazy. my VP of ops, his wife is a nurse. Mm. Well, obviously they're in high demand right now, all right? Every, everything's crazy in the medical system. He said, if you have COVID, but you, you test positive, but you have no symptoms, you can come to work. Hmm. What? Interesting. <laughs> that's crazy. That's not... That's not how it used to be, at least. No, no. If you test so, positive for COVID, but you show no symptoms, so they don't care about the tests anymore. Yeah, essentially, they don't care about the tests. Essentially, they just want to say do you have symptoms or not. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. That's crazy. Well, we'll see. Hopefully, it uh, it's opening up here, and I it's it's I saw last thing I'll just end on. I think, and I think all like most politicians are pretty corrupt. Yeah. Left, right, I don't care. It's not like a it's political all hidden thing. agendas. It's it, that's what it seems like, at least. And it was, I was reading this um, thing that was really, it really struck true to me was they didn't end lockdowns for, for children. They didn't end them for suicides. They didn't end them for mental health. They didn't end them for science and data. They didn't end them because cases were coming up. They, they ended lockdowns for a lot of states because their ratings dropped. <laughs> because their politicians' ratings dropped. And this, is, this is a mid, midterm election this year. And people are worried about their seats. Yeah. And saying, well, you know what? This is an election year. Yeah. Yeah. My ratings are dropping. I probably should open up the country now. That is the, that's all they care about. It was really funny. I was talking to a guy. He, he worked in it with a senator directly for, they have three or four terms. So a long time. I mean, it was a mm-hmm. long period as a senator. 
he said, I, he's, and he was actually a really good, I liked him as a Senator, the guy, I won't say his name. Um, and it was really interesting. He goes, I, he goes, I was in Washington DC for years. I, I'll tell you time and time again, every single, every single politician I ever met, they don't care about anything else besides how's my reelection record. I mean, yeah. that's the number one top of priority is, will I be reelected or not? Yeah. And, and, and everything else comes second to that. And, the, and, and their checking accounts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. then that too, we could talk about the insider trading and all that kind of stuff, which is wild with, with Pelosi. Yeah. Um, all right. We're getting way off topic here, but hey. uh, it's kind of fun. Yeah. It's kind of fun. fun. Um, I want to ask you a um, couple last questions. Yep. Um, just before we, uh, before we head out. So what are you, what's one thing that you are, very bullish on for the next 18 to 24 months as far as investments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, definitely the NFTs and, yep. and nodes and, um, you know, I'm starting to get into real estate. I'm starting to build a little bit of, of, of wealth where it can play for me. Mm-hmm. So getting into that, but I'd say number one thing is NFTs, crypto web 3.0. I, I think if you're not in it, you're just so far behind. Mm-hmm. This is the future that is, yeah, yeah, everyone's it, moving there. It's, it's the future yeah. for sure. Absolutely. I love it. Um, and then I want to ask you a last question. I ask this to everybody. If you could leave this audience with one thing. And actually, before we get to it, though, I'm going to have you drop your book and plug some other stuff. But that's this, the question I'm going to tee up. I'll give you a second to think about it. Yeah. If you're going to leave one thing with this audience that you feel like is most valuable to you, it could be politics, it could be religion, it could be uh, business advice, it could be something you learned when you were a kid. But if you could leave one thing, you got 90 seconds, I won't interrupt you at all. I want to hear exactly what you got. Now, before we do that, where can people connect with you or where you can find your book or other things to find all your stuff? Yeah. So my Instagram is just my name, Devin Allen Johnson, D-E-V-I-N-A-L-L-E-N Johnson. Okay. Uh, quite a few fake profiles popping up lately, but there's only one great. There's only there. one true and Devin Johnson. There you go. Devin is. Allen Johnson. Devin Allen name. Johnson. Uh, LinkedIn, you know, obviously that's that's where our business is based out of. I uh, LinkedIn, I'm very active on. Mm-hmm. Instagram, I'm very active on. Um, and as far as the book, we will post it on both of those social outlets as far as pre-sales, pre-orders. Um, and I'm going to get that link out probably next week, actually. Okay, really cool. Yeah. So check it out. And if it gets if it comes before we post this, give it to me and we'll drop it below. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that. And um, and then you can always check out connected at connected.io. It's with a K. K-E- connected with K. Yeah. K E N N E C T E D dot IO. Cool. It's awesome. Well, thank you for coming on today. La- final question. So I'll, I'll say it one more time. If you had one thing to leave with this audience, could be any topic, what would it be? Yeah. So number one thing that's changed my, my whole business career is leave the ego at the door Make a make a sell, make a commission, make a friend, make a fortune. Mm. Be a servant leader, and and serve others, and believe in that law of receiving uh, from others. Mm. I love it. Short, concise. Yeah. Devin Johnson, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming on. Go follow him on Instagram and LinkedIn. Uh, Connected.io is his company. His book's coming out soon. Go check him out. Thank you, Devin, for coming on. Thank you. Hey, hey, it's Bridger here. I have four free and simple ways I can further help you to scale your business or fund. Number one, I have a YouTube channel with actually, I don't, to toot my own horn, I think it's decent content on there. Go check it out. Bridger Pennington is a YouTube channel. We go very deep on funds. Number two, I have a one hour free training at investmentfundsecrets.com. We go very deep into how to actually start and scale your very own fund from ground zero. Number three, 
You can join our free private Facebook group of like-minded people like me and you that go out and launch and scale funds. I go live in there once a week. The name of the group is Investment Fund Secrets. And then number four, finally, I have a free PDF guide on how to actually launch and scale your fund. If you go to investmentfundsecrets.com slash guide, you can download that guide. Now, finally, people always ask me, Bridger, can you help me one-on-one? Can we work together? Yes, I don't want to talk about that in here. But if you want to learn more, message me, Bridger at investmentfundsecrets.com or just DM me on Instagram. Thank you guys. And I'll see you in the next episode.